There's such a great spirit in the room today. I also want to uh, welcome all those joining us online. We've got a lot of people, but Dave Hershner, we love the Hershner family, uh, the Chitwoods, Dr. Brad and Becky, uh, Jim Lyon. Uh, Jim, so thankful for your family, Monica McDaniel, Bob Saxton. I was praying for you this morning, Bob. Uh, it's good that you're with us online today. Melody and Lynn Jarvis online. There's a lot of people on here. Nick and Anna Cunningham. Uh, I just officiated their wedding yesterday. Just officiated their wedding yesterday. One day happily married. Nick and Anna, who officiated. Holla at your boy. Uh, have a great time on your honeymoon. There's a lot of people joining us online. Would you let everyone that's online know how awesome it is to have them today? My kids got busted for stealing this week. Uh, <laughs> so I told you that my wife went away for a few days with one of my daughters, Jalen, for a college visit and left me in charge of everything. Uh, and a few things didn't go the greatest. But um, one of which was after school when I would pick my kids up multiple days, they, they wanted to go to Subway and uh, they get the full package. It's like $9 or something, whatever it is. But I mean, if you're going to steal, you might as well take it all. <laughs> but got them a foot long, chips, cookie, drink, whatever comes in all of that stuff. That's, that's what Ellie and Micaiah got. I gave them my card, gave them my card going in. Uh, and so they go into Subway. And when they come out, I can just tell something, something wasn't right. Uh, Eliana, my 12 turning 13, we always call her our gentle soul. That's what we call her. Um, you know, over the years, even teachers were like, you don't have to come in for parent teacher meetings. Like Ellie's just such a blessing. So you don't have to come to the meeting. She's our gentle soul. So when she come out and she was troubled, I knew something was up. Uh, but what happened, my boy, when he came out was actually grinning and smiling, which is probably not good. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not a good thing. But when they came out of the, the store, Ellie starts confessing, you know, dad, we got in trouble. One of the workers, our manager, whatever, you know, we, we got all of our stuff. We bolted. We didn't pay. They were like, hey, you got to pay. And so Ellie's trying to like confess. And I'm like, Ellie, why would you do that, honey? Why would you take all that stuff and just leave? That's not what we do. And she told me, she's like, dad, when the lady made the sandwich and wrapped it up and put the little sticker, you know, and stuff, Ellie's like, she told me you're good to go. And so I went, <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's not how it works. So anyway, uh, we got it covered. Here's the receipt right here. This is the, this is the real receipt. The last thing I need is another allegation or something. Uh, so I've been carrying it in my pocket since Thursday. Uh, I don't know what like the limitations are, how long I got to carry this, but I'm carrying it uh, just in case. Um, but we made it. My wife is home, family, house. We're back to stability. Uh, Mother's Day's coming up. We need to celebrate all the moms. Thank God for moms. Uh, I also want to make mention, just going into the message of first Thursday, this Thursday, we are having church all locations right here in Belleville. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so first Thursday, not only will we be together for worship and a message, but we're going to be celebrating the National Day of Prayer. This Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Set your alarms. Take some time throughout the day on Thursday to join around the world, uh, the body of Christ, as we are praying together on Thursday. And so if, if you are uh, wanting to be part of any of the regional National Day of Prayer, we have it in Belleville. 
this Thursday at 6 down by the bandstand, the old firehouse. But Lexington, Mansfield Senior, Ontario, Ashland, beyond. There's National Day of Prayer gatherings throughout the day all over our region here. And then we will be gathering at 7 p.m. here uh, at, at our Belleville location at 7 p.m. Pastor Justin, uh, him and his wife Tiffany just did the communion a few moments ago. Uh, they were pastoring in New York City, transitioned from New York City. They're here in the Columbus area now. And they have made Storyside their home and uh, looking at navigating their next steps, whatever that looks like. But Pastor Justin will be speaking on Thursday night. You don't want to miss it. He is such a great preacher. It's going to be a great time here on Thursday night at 7. Uh, so I hope that you can make it for, for that service. Speaking of prayer, speaking of prayer, I heard the joke about little Johnny. Little Johnny is telling all of his friends, he said, my mom prays for me every single night. Not a day goes by, not an evening passes, Little Johnny said, without my mom praying for me every single day. They were all like amazed at the commitment of his mom to pray every single day. And so they asked little Johnny, they said, well, you know what? What does your mom say? Little Johnny said, she says, thank God he's in bed. <laughs> How many parents have ever prayed that prayer? I want to talk to you in the next few moments on church chairs. Church chairs. You see some of them here behind me, church chairs. I want to specifically look at the chairs that people sit in when it comes to church chairs. Now, it could be a startup church. It could be a church that's been around for hundreds of years. Storyside is just over 18 years. So the chairs, the seats that you see on the stage, many of them are from our journey of 18 plus years. But I want to talk to you about seats, if you would, at Storyside or in a general sense, church chairs. Now, a lot of you will come in the room, those of you that are on site, you'll come in a room and you, I've had people over the years that will say, Pastor Micah, you know, I pick where I sit for the sound. It sounds different here. It's louder or less loud here than it is there. I've had other people tell me that are lacking hair or whatever. You know, up top, they really have multiple people that will say, because I, I don't have hair, uh, when different, you know, ducks and vents blow on me, the heat, the cold, I either like it or I don't. So I don't sit there, but I will sit here. People will tell me that. Uh, but predominantly, wherever you're seated, you, you have an angle where you're looking at the back of people's heads. So you look at the back of someone's head uh, from, from your seat up. I, on the stage, I look at your face. So you don't always see what I see. You see a different angle than what I see. When, when, I, look, when I look down in the room, uh, I, see, I see a lot of things, and, and, and maybe, maybe Lisa's here, but uh, Lisa and others, several others, but Lisa will knit during church. I'm used to it now, but I think there's about three knitters that, that we've had, but sometimes when I look down and they're just like going like this here or whatever, like there's reasons I don't wear glasses. I know you guys think it's funny. Um, I can only see the first few rows, but, but sometimes you just got to get over the knitter. Some people cuddle, you know, it's like a hold hand and then they'll like go this and they'll like head on the shoulder. And, you know, just when you're up here, you're like, I'm trying to stay focused. I'm trying to save a soul. Uh, but you see a lot of, <laughs> you see a lot of things, you know, even, even just here during offering, I look over and I count seven or eight people are on their phones just from this stretch. Started with my daughter, Alyssa, seven or eight people during offering. 
all on their phones, but I knew, I knew they were text giving. I knew they weren't. It's throwing offering and they're like, text to give, God bless the missions, God bless the church, God bless. I was like, I love story side. Like just generosity, one side of the room to the other. I wouldn't even be able to come up with the number of the amount of people I've seen sleeping, which is not encouraging. You know, when you put all this time into a message uh, and you're like, man, this stinks. Uh, and I, they're out of it. Uh, but I've seen people sleeping. I, I heard the joke about the pastor who was preaching and he looked down. He actually noticed the guy sleeping. He stops right in the middle of the message. And he asked the wife, he, he said, uh, right here, ma'am, will you, will you wake him up? And she said back to the preacher, she's like, you wake him up. You put him to sleep. Uh, <laughs> that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> Let's pray. God, help these people to stay awake in the next 20 or 30 minutes. Help me to block out all the kissing, all the cuddling, all the knitting, all the texting. Help, help me to share what I believe you want these people to hear. And I pray that your holy word, your Holy Spirit would go to work and do something amazing, something life-changing in the next 20 or 30 minutes. God, I thank you. I thank you that today is going to be a God day for someone. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you out of Acts chapter number two, four verses. Acts chapter number two. I want to read from verse one to verse four. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in, notice this, one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing muddy wind, and it filled all the house where they were Sitting, we're talking about seats or chairs. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon like the preacher and a few staff. Is that what it says? It sat upon, I just want you to notice this, there's male, there's female, they have diversity of backgrounds. The Bible says it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When I read these four verses, I am drawn to the fact that they're in one place. I don't think there's any substitute for one place. When we're going through quarantines and last year with COVID stuff and we're online and 50 some nights straight at one point, and then of course our weekly gatherings when I'm like, You know, this family in the state of Washington, Dean Anderson watches like every week, or the divorce in Florida, or Mary Lou in Canada, or Maritha in Iowa, and all the people regionally, and I say these names, and they'll message me, love the message. I'm I'm so thankful for technology for people that need it for proximity. I'm also thankful for technology when we went through things like we did the last year. But I I would be remiss if I said that I don't think there's something special about being in one place together. There's just something, there's just something about being in these kinds of rooms where God begins to move. They're in one place. Not only are they in one place, they're in one accord. They're in one accord. That means they're unified. They're together. You could look down your road today and you could see people that maybe parent different than you. Maybe they don't see eye to eye uh, on life exactly like you do. You, you could look down the row and 
You may, maybe this guy's in a union and maybe this woman, and you just look down the row, maybe, maybe even stylistically, the way someone would, would dress or the clothes they wear, the shoes that you just look down the row. And, and I think even in these four verses, it teaches us that not everyone has to be the same. Right? These guys, one guy's a tax collector. You got a couple other guys that are fishermen. You got men and women. You got age differences. You, you got John, who most believe was 16 to 18. Peter, who they believe was around 30. You know, all these different people in the room, but, but they're, they're together. I, I love that even at Storyside, we have 17 backgrounds. People will tell me, Pastor Micah, you know, I, my, my roots are Catholicism or, you know, I've had people tell me they're not even sure what they were. Like, Pastor Mike, I don't really, I don't even really know what our family believe. We're a higher power. Other people would like, we're Baptist, we're Pentecost, we're Church of Christ, we're Lutheran. But there's something about when you come into the room, you set, you set aside some of those things and you're like, but we believe in one name and his name is Jesus. And, and we are together. They're in one place. They're in one accord. And the Bible says in that moment that the Holy Spirit of God shows up and it fills the room. Now, I don't want you to miss that because I think it's awesome when people will say, I really sense God's Spirit today. Or, or you walk in, if, if you trace, track, read, study the great revivals over history, you'll find Topeka and Azusa and others where people would say, I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the building yet. But if you've read some of the writings about it, there, there are stories where people just, just came onto the property and some people knelt down before they even got in the room. It was like, I'm just overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. There's something about the Bible, if, if you look at it, where, where God would bless properties or places and then He would also bless people. And we see that in these four verses. They're in one place. When I went to Israel, it was one of my favorite stops. I had a lot of stops in Israel in those 12, 12 uh, days and my, my travels in that region. But I loved going to the upper room. It actually got very emotional for me when I, when I was at the, room, at the upper room because these verses, I'm just watching, I'm looking, I'm observing, I'm taking it all in, what I just read to you in four verses. They're in one place. They're in one accord. The Holy Spirit shows up and fills the room. I would love nothing more than at every location, whether it's this room, your room today, I would love nothing more than for the Holy Spirit to fill the room. But then it didn't just stop there. It sat upon... Each of them. Each of them. That's really important for me because in the Old Testament, there's one person who gets to see God in that glory moment and then tells everyone else. But in this instance, we see, of course, with Calvary and veils torn and access for everyone. But when we read these verses set up on each of them, there's something great about being in a room or setting like this. But you're like, I felt like God was talking right to me. Maybe you felt that way before. Like, I know there was other people, but I felt like God was talking right to me. Because the Holy Spirit has a way of making even the one place, verse 1 and 2, one accord. The Holy Spirit has a way of making it personal for you. Where there's an entire room, but it's just like you and God. Just you in this holy moment. The Bible says it sat on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit of God.
When you look at these rooms, when you look at the individualistic approach of the Holy Spirit, I want to share with you in the next few minutes some chairs that I believe should make up the church, church chairs. I want to share with you some seats that I think when it comes to your spirituality, it's, it's a great thing for you to sit in these seats. The first, the first chair that I would reference is just what I would call the salvation seat. The salvation seat. Now, I was born and raised, I was born and raised on pews. I have fallen asleep on pews. I've fallen asleep under pews. When my dad pastored in Zealand, I was about five or six. I used to try to escape underneath pews. You know, one time I got one of the worst spankings ever. Uh, I was like up in one of these pews and I climbed all the way under every pew, walked over to the parsonage, turned on at that time the AHL. It's the next league down from the NHL. It's a hockey league. Mike Eagles was my favorite player. I, cl I climb under all those pews, go over to my house, turn on the radio, find the AHL. Fredericton Express was their name. And I'm thinking this is so much better than church. Way better than my dad's preaching. I'm listening to the game. And all of a sudden, my dad brought me back to reality. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the sermon. It's part of the reason I don't like pews. Like there's so many bad memories. I'm just kidding. Uh, all that other stuff was true, but... Um, we, we had pews when we first started Storyside, which was City Church. We, we bought every chair that I can remember up until three or four years ago, whatever it was. Every chair that we had at Storyside, we, we bought on eBay or Craigslist. And so we had really long green padded. We had really long green padded pews. Those of you, anyone remember those? Tim Cornbaugh and different guys was coming up to me between services like, Pastor Micah, oh, do we remember? They were so heavy. Guys hated them. But we also had, you see some old church chairs here that I got out of, out of an old church that I loved. This chair here, we bought almost 500 of these chairs. I think we paid $5 each used for these chairs. We, we've gone as far away as New York. We bought some, some used uh, green chairs in the Bronx in the middle of the night. Pastor Ethan still tells stories about how crazy that trip was. We bought a bunch of chairs in Washington, uh, we, we have had chairs come in from all over. Th this was a chair. This was a chair that we bought almost 500 of them. We've used this for Easter overflow. Like the chair I'm in right now would have been used for Easter overflow chairs. Uh, we've used this chair in kids and students. Uh, this was a used chair. I bought about 200 of these. Uh, people like this chair a little bit more than this chair. I mean, uh, this is about a quarter of an inch, half an inch of padding. It's not much. You can basically feel the bar. Those of you that probably like those sleeping people, you like this one a little bit more just because there's more padding on, on this chair. But I bought about 200 of these. But, but what, I, what, I, what I want you to think about just for a few moments today is I wonder if these seats could tell a story. Like I wonder if this chair could start talking to me about Easter 2016. And Pastor Micah, you're talking about the great escape, or you're talking about, I like, I want, I just wonder what this chair would tell me. I wonder if, I wonder if this chair would start saying, I remember the message. I remember the tears. 
I remember the person who sat down here that was thinking like my life is falling apart. Just wonder what the wonder what the stories would sound like if these chairs could talk to me. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be able, of course, to come up with all of the stories to tell. But but one story that was shared with me, and, and I had them step me through all of it. I had them step me through all of it this week because I wanted to make sure I got the story right. Jerry Adkins, you see a picture of Jerry and his family on the screen, but it was one, two, three, four. Can I sit right by you here? Can I sit, can I sit in this chair right here? Sorry, to, like, what kind of iced coffee is that? Blackberry vanilla? Blackberry vanilla? Man, you're lucky we're not allowed to like... Anyway, never mind. I got I to gotta focus here. Someone's trying to get saved. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's good to see you, by the way. My wife was talking about you the other day. Yeah, good to see you. So this was the chair. This was the chair that Jerry Adkins sat in. This chair right here. Is that you, Nina? Love you. I really can't see back here. I get back here. I'm like, there's all kinds of people I like back here. Hey, Brent. <laughs> good to see you. All right. Focus, Micah. So here's the story I want to read to you. I'm just quoting what Jerry said. Jerry said, Lindsay and I, so Lindsay right up there, that, that's his wife. Lindsay had been coming to Storyside for almost a year. She kept telling me how great it was and how I should come and that she would pray with the prayer partner. She actually told me she remembers uh, praying with Brittany and stuff and the prayer partners, God, please save my husband. Said Lindsay would also pray on her own for me to join her and the kids. One Sunday... March uh, 24th, 2019, I felt like I needed to go with them. We walked into the worship team singing good stories. Within minutes, I started to feel emotions like I hadn't before. I told Lindsay I had to get up and go to the bathroom. I just want you to hear this story. So he says, good to see you, Polinos. He said he gets up and he goes to the second stall, Greg. New restrooms, second stall. Let me just continue with, with the story. He said, I told Lindsay I had to go to the bathroom. I ended up in the second stall crying my eyes out and asking God for forgiveness for all my sins and apologizing for all the years and times that I felt pulled towards God, but I didn't listen. I recommitted to the Lord right there in the bathroom. Once I left the bathroom, I felt like things were changed for myself and my family. After we left, I told Lindsay what happened in the bathroom, and I actually was emotional most of the rest of that day. I even called a couple of my close family members and shared with them what happened. Lindsay and I both attended Grow and got baptized in July of that same year. I'm thankful for Storyside and the Pelkey family, thankful that we got planted in the right church, one that believes in all generations and one that cares and loves all people. You know, me being covered in tattoos like I am, it's not easy to be received by many people. Also, people judge me for who I really am. And some don't trust me. And so I'm thankful that I was welcomed at Storyside. Can you imagine if this chair wasn't here? Would you take a moment today and thank God for the fifth chair on the outside? A chair on the outside of a fifth row. A chair on the outside of a fifth row. And if you would, I... I I just want you to think about it. The second stall. 
Even when we were designing those bathrooms and they were like the cheapest, most efficient way was like the stalls were like a little bit short and too much of a gap on the bottom. And we went and we're like, you know what? Let's buy the black stalls all the way top, all the way to the bottom. I was thinking just privacy and all of that. Little would I know that a guy's going to go in a second stall for almost half an hour and cry his eyes out and say, God, forgive me. And the Savior of the world showed up in the second stall. Are you thankful for Jesus today? And a marriage and a family that will never be the same again. It's a salvation seat. The second seat that I want you to, to take note of, these are seats I think we sit and we, we all have a salvation seat. A salvation seat. Where you sit in that moment and you realize, I was born in sin. You realize, I know Jerry was so overwhelmed with good stories. He's like, I've got to get out of here. And of course, we know how the story played out. But, but I know other people that week after week, month and year after year would tell me, Pastor Mike, I was all the way in the back row. Or Pastor Mike, I was watching online. I've had people tell me, Pastor Mike, I had to pull to the side of the road. I got so overwhelmed as I'm watching online. I just want to thank God for all of the salvation seats where He showed up for person after person. I know Jerry is saying about all of his tattoos and got a girl pregnant when he was a teenager and his story is so layered. I, I know there's all of that, but every single one of us has to have a fifth row experience where we realize I need a Savior. I need God to forgive me. And I'm so thankful for salvation seats. The second seat is what I would call those of you that like big words. You ready? The sanctification seat. Or the spirituality seat, if you would. Or the consecration chair. Consecration's a good biblical word. Some of you be like, Pastor Micah, what does sanctification mean? Others are like, finally, he said it. This is a great chair. Because this is a chair that you and I sit in where we're like, I'm so thankful for the fifth row. This is the seat. This is the prayer. This is the chair that gets heaven on its feet, if you would. The Bible says when one person repents, all of heaven rejoices. So when you're clapping, heaven claps over that. Heaven's like, he repented, she repented. This second chair, the spirituality seat or the sanctification seat is the chair where you say, God, I thank you for saving me and now I want to grow. I don't want, I don't want a year from now. I don't want five years from now. For it to be that I'm still in the exact same place that I am today, I want to grow. And so some people, I think they grow in prayer. I, I have one family that comes to mind. Brian told me, he said, you know, I, I was raised, we never even prayed over food. He said, the first time I seen people praying over food, I didn't even know what they were doing. So Brian told me, I didn't even know what they were doing, Micah. But people that sit in this second chair where it's like, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad I'm forgiven. Maybe now, now you grow in faith. Faith. That, that means you start trusting God. You might trust them with your family. Of course, trust them with your soul. You might trust them with your money. You start growing. 
I think you could in this second chair, I think you could grow, you could grow in your worship. People like Kyle Music, just between services today, Kyle is telling me he serves on the pastor's team now and works as an usher in so many things. Kyle, such a great guy. But Kyle, between services, is telling me, you know, Pastor Mike, I wasn't raised around any of this. And so it was so new to me that he said, like, he, he used the example, he's like, raising my hands was not something that I understood or was raised around. He said, it took me some time for me to understand what that even meant. Now we know the Bible would say if you have breath, if you have breath, you should praise the Lord. The Bible would say, clap your hands, all you people. Everyone. The Bible would say, I would that, that men everywhere would lift up holy hands. This second chair, the spirituality seat, is just where... Is that you right there, Kyle? Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were still here. So this is Kyle then. This second seat is where someone says, God, I'm so thankful for saving me. But I want you to know when I sit in this second seat, maybe I go to growth track, maybe I'm part of an internship, you know, maybe I do devotions with my wife or my family. Maybe it's in moments like this where I'm like, you know what, I've never done the whole clapping thing, but, but you know what, here it goes, God. I, I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe that first time it's just like, you know what, I, I'll, I'll just go to here. How about I give you this? Like I'll just like turn my hands over. I don't think anyone's looking. And then before long, you just begin to stretch your faith in this faith and trust and worship and prayer. And you begin in this second chair to say, God, I want to grow in my relationship with You. This is an important chair. This is the chair, I think, where, where you and I say, okay, you saved me. I don't want to keep battling all the same things I'm battling right now. I don't want to keep talking like I've been talking. I don't want to keep going to places like I've been going. The Bible would say that you start out in that relationship with God and then you're going to grow or mature or stretch in your spirituality. This second seat, just while I'm talking about all the benefits of the second seat where you're, where you're like, you know what, I want to grow in my relationship with God. What I want to encourage you just while I'm on this seat is, is that you don't allow yourself to become status quo or stuck in the seat. Just before I move on to the next chair, what I mean by that is after you've been around for three years, five years, ten years, you could actually start to lose your awe or your wonder. So when you first, so when Jerry says 2019, I come in, they're singing good stories. He never heard good stories. And he's hearing about a God that could pick up the pen and you could write a good story. And he's thinking, wow, my life is so jacked up. Are you serious? God could write a good story with my life. And he has to go cry for 30 minutes. Well, what about the second time you hear it? Or the third time? Or the fifth? Or the tenth? Or the one hundredth? You know that first time or two or three, we sang it today, but you hear the song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, and you're like, I can't even contain myself. I remember during the coronavirus and we're online and we did a drive-in night of worship 
and they started singing Waymaker, and I have no idea as a pastor what was even going on. Are we going to retain staff? Are we losing buildings? Everything's shutting down. There's so much going on, and they started singing Waymaker with Rick's trailer out at the corner, and I had to get down on my knees. I was so overwhelmed, like I need a Waymaker. I need God to go before me. But what, what happens when you hear it that fifth or tenth or a hundredth time? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise, keeper, life. Like, I know, even if I don't see it, he's working. I get it, Micah. I know, I know. Because you can lose your awe and wonder. No wonder one of the names of God mixed in with King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Counselor and No wonder one of the names of God is wonderful. Isaiah said, call His name wonderful. Because you could lose the awe if you ever get stuck in this chair. Spurgeon said this, everything that God does is wonderful until you get used to it. I hope I never get used to communion. I hope it's never like, okay, peel this off, take the bread, take the juice. Yeah, he broke it. He blessed it. Do it in remembrance. I hope that never happens to me. I I hope I never lose waymaker, miracle worker. I I actually just got to get on my knees here for a bit. Promise keeper, light. I hope I never lose that. I grew up, I'm going to be 48 in a couple months. I grew up on it reaches... To the high, when, when Stacy's singing that today, I hope I never get used to it flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood. I don't ever want to lose my wonder. I don't want you. I don't want you to lose your wonder. These final few minutes, this next chair is what I would call the committed chair. The committed chair. Now, when I was raised, We had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My parents had all kinds of stuff, revivals and ladies groups. They used to call it ladies auxiliary. I didn't even know what auxiliary meant. But my mom, I I went to some ladies auxiliaries, and I'm a man. Uh, I went to some ladies auxiliaries. My dad was here, there, and everywhere. Mom's like, let's go. I'm like, I'll crawl out of there just so you know. (laughs) Don't stay at ladies auxiliaries. my mom was never good at giving spankings, by the way. She tried to use this little wooden spoon. It was nothing. Uh, uh, but she's like, you wait till your dad gets home. And then that was not good. Um, my dad was a big guy. Uh, anyway. Committed chair. My, my concern is, my concern is, Brian, that we go, I'm not saying we've got to have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, ladies' auxiliaries, prayer meetings, Bible studies. I'm sure you know, like, church was such a focal point and foundation for families for years. Now when I hear studies and surveys saying people go 17 times total a year, I just hope that story side can somehow challenge people, challenge you to sit in the committed chair. The committed chair. The chair that's like, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to pray together. We're going to have devotions together. We're going to worship together. It's not going to be about 
you know, it's 20 minutes, Pastor Micah, to drive them back on Sunday night to students. We drove 20 minutes in the morning. Not driving 20 minutes back Sunday night to bring them to the vision. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I Why? I want to sit in the committed chair. I want to bring my kids to kids' ministry. I want to take them, whether or not it's the internship or whatever it may be, I want to sit in the committed chair. What about if I don't feel like it? What about if I'm offended? What about if the church is doing things I don't agree with? But, I, but my commitment is an unconditional commitment. I want to find myself in the committed chair because I know how important it is not just to serve God when things are going the way I want them to go. I want to bless the Lord at all times. I want His praise to continually be in my mouth. I want to be someone who sits in the committed chair where even years from now, my kids, I see my daughter over here. I hope one of the things that my four children would remember about dad is he sat in the committed chair that planted people prosper. I want to be committed to the church. I want to be committed in serving God. I want to commit my way unto the Lord. I want to commit even in my finances. I heard a missionary in Brooklyn and I went on a trip to Guatemala, my oldest daughter, and I heard a missionary say, some people are so poor. All they have is money. I hope that I'm committed in my worship. I want to be committed in my prayer. I want to be committed in my giving. This next seat is what I would call the serving seat. The serving seat. That some of you, I see you one, one service on Sunday. We have 9 and 10.45. I see you one service. But I just know. I just know. I've, I've watched people even over the years you know, that will switch out from whatever they're wearing, put a t-shirt on, put a lanyard on, whatever. I remember Ann McKinley, Judge McKinley's wife, she used to always amaze me. She would show up on Sunday with like six or seven different t-shirts. She would have like our special needs, our champions club t-shirt. She'd have a kids ministry t-shirt. She'd have, she'd have all these different t-shirts and she'd be like, hey, anyone call off? Anyone not here? You guys need help anywhere? I've got this one, this one, this one. She really would week after week, like wherever you need me. Storyside would not be where we're at right now if it wasn't for people like Ann who said, I'm willing to serve one and I'm willing to sit one. I'm going to get full because I can't give what I don't got, but I'm going to get full, but I'm also going to serve the body of Christ. I hope Storyside always has serving seats. Jesus said, Matthew 23, you want to stand out? And step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. He said the greatest of all is the servant of all. You see on the screen, there's just a chart. Those of you that are thinking about serving the dream team, going to grow, getting involved, that can help you just maybe, maybe today God is speaking to you. As we get ready to close, this next seat is what I would call the saved seat. Saved seat. It's not a salvation seat. That's not what I mean by being saved. This seat is just the seat 
that you would say, I'm saving this for my coworker. I'm saying, my, no, I, my, my friend, I met, I met, a, I met a guy the other, he's, he's sitting here, Pastor Micah. There's something, there's something about the Bible that is full, full of these kind of conversations that result in safe seats. Where Andrew, Andrew meets Jesus and the Bible says the first thing he did the first thing, he goes and gets Simon. And he's like, i got to get Simon to Jesus. Bible's full of that. You just read with me four verses, about 120, that turned into 3,000 same day. And then turned into six chapters of addition, and then it moved to multiplication. The church multiplied. You know why? Because someone was thinking there's more than just me. That's awesome I sit in the fifth row, but there's more than just me. This is a safe seat. I think if we're not careful, we can stop inviting. We stop thinking, what about Simon? I've got to get Simon to Jesus. You know, people have asked me several times, even recently, Pastor Micah, when is enough enough for you? Such a unique question, but I've been asked it several times now. So they say for every one person who asks, you get 10 more thinking. It. Like, when is enough enough? I guess my question back to, to people who think that way is just, is everyone, is everyone at your restaurant saved? Is everyone in your business saved? Brian, everyone in the, the gas industry and your traveling, is all those guys saved? Everyone, Sherry, that comes into Cup and Cone in Lexington, they all saved? Everyone you work with, Kyle Music, with, with all the gas stations and you know every, all your travels around Ohio, everyone you meet that pulls in gas, they all saved? Everyone in your school saved? How about at the hospital, Crystal, they all saved? Everyone working in the medical professionals and the medical field, they all saved? Because my question, not only for myself, but for you, for all of us, is if there's one person that still isn't saved, if there's one more guy that needs to sit in the fifth row, if there's one more man that's got to cry for half an hour and change a family, then we don't have enough yet. There's not enough yet. So another sermon, another song, another live stream, another gathering, because there's somebody that needs to sit in a seat and hear about the love of God. And I want to challenge you. Maybe you've got out of the habit. You're like, well, COVID and distance, and I just don't know if I should be sharing the gospel. I just want to challenge someone today. Maybe the Holy Spirit needs to stir you today. I've got to start saving some seats. I don't sit. Don't sit here. I've got my coworker from the hospital. I've got. I've got my. Co I've got my classmate. I've got a neighbor coming. This is a safe seat. I want to stir you today to start saving some seats. The final chair today is what I would call the connected chair. We're getting ready to pray, but the connected chair. Connected chair. When we finally decided to buy chairs, I didn't realize how it was such a big deal to people. Especially the ones we, we had. There were some of these people hated. We, we bought a hundred burgundy, like hard plastic chairs. I think they were worse than the pews or anything. They were, people would be like moving back and forth. And I'm like down here like, let's go, Pastor Micah, get me out of here. Uh, 
when we started when we started looking at chairs to buy, we had, I don't know, I'd say at least six, seven, eight companies that we were getting samples from. They would send us all these chairs. And I wish that I would, in hindsight, I wish I would have videoed. I had probably six or eight people that would come down, you know, Pastor Kristen, Pastor Ethan, Pastor Adam, uh, my wife, different ones that would come down and sit in chairs, even as we were looking at it. The chairs can get pretty expensive. So I think these were like $58 or something. Some go as high as 80. Uh, if you get the ones that have like a bunch of pockets and pens and holders and all that on the back, they're like $80 and you guys will leave all your junk in it and make it even like, like no, 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 it's not just the extra money. You guys won't pick up after yourself. Uh, Oh, it's true. <laughs> Someone said it's true. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Anyway, I focus, Micah. Focus. I start thinking about pie and cake. By the way, the wedding cake yesterday at Nick and Anna's, man, uh, it was unreal. Okay, connected chair. Connected chair. We, we, we did get the connected chair. You don't have to do connected chairs, but we got the connected chairs when different people was coming in trying out these sample chairs, this is the part I wish I would have videoed, you know, they would sit down in all these different chairs and they would sort of go like this. Like, 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 almost like, no wonder you guys fall asleep. But they would go through the chairs and they would sit down in them and they'd be like, I remember Pastor Kristen, she'd be like, no, not, not, not that one. And they'd do it like this here. And then we settled on these chairs. These are the connected chairs. Connected chairs. So in other words, if I was to pull here, see the whole row starts moving? The connected chairs. Down here is one chair that I didn't have the guys connect. Because I just want to call this chair, if you would, as we get ready to pray, I just want to call this chair a solo seat. A solo seat. This is, this is a chair where people can be like, I don't need church family. I, Pastor Micah, I'm good on my own. I can do my own thing. People often ask me, can I be saved? Can I be a Christian on my own? Absolutely. Be a Christian. I don't know if you can be the church. You can be a Christian. But in life, do you just want your story to be that you sat in the outside chair on the fifth row? Or is there something on the inside of all of us that God destined us to not just sit on a solo seat of what's in it for me, but that God called you and I to the connected chairs? These connected chairs, when I read these four verses of Scripture in Acts chapter 2, these connected chairs... Brian, come on up with me just for a will. Will you come up, Rick? Will you come up with me? Andy, come on up with me. Is that you, Maddie? Come on, come on up here. You guys sit down here, just in these chairs right here, these five chairs right here. Rick, you come on up. Go, Lex. I've never seen a guy with more purple in his wardrobe. This guy's got purple Converse, purple. He got all kinds of purple. Never mind. Minutemen, baby. Where's my Lexington people at? Okay, down here. Woo, woo, woo. So just when you look at this chair, if you look down your row on any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, how old are you? 16? You look down your row, 
Not everyone in the row may be the same age. Not everyone in the row may have the same background. Remember when I told you some say Catholic and Baptist and Pentecost and Church of Christ? Remember. Maybe not everyone parents the same. When I'm talking about I climbed through the pews and my dad, I still remember it. I'm going to be 48. <laughs> I need to go to like Freedom Nights or something. Like, go talk to Regina. I need to bear my soul. Some of you could be like, I'm timeouts. I give my kids timeout. I have so many thoughts right now, but it's like, just pray. Just like, like, just pray, Micah. But you can look down the row, and whether it's ages, whether it's parenting, whether it's backgrounds, everyone in the row could be different. Those 120 in Acts chapter 2, some are fishing. Like I said, one guy's a tax collector. When I talk to you about ages of John and Simon Peter. But in this row, when you're connected, this is not just the chair. What you see right here is not just the chair. This is a chair. This is community. This is a solo seat. This is God's design plan. No wonder He said, don't forsake the assembly. He wasn't necessarily saying you've got to connect the chairs, but don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now in this row, when you look at this row, they could be diverse. These guys could be diverse. 16 and 67 or what did you say? 57. I'm kidding. Rick. I'm kidding. Rick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> They could be diverse, but they're not divided. Right? When you look at this row, they could be unique. Unique. But they're united. They're united. They, they could come in alone. Did you drive today? What did you drive? Dodge Intrepid. I used to have an Intrepid. Uh, what did you drive? Jeep? You drove a Jeep? What did you drive, Brian? Your truck? What's your truck? F-150? What'd you drive? Equinox. Equinox? Huh? Uber? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've seen her drive crazy. Isn't it true? What? The red light. You blew through a red light when we were Christmas caroling. Yeah, it was so funny. We're Christmas caroling all these places. She blows through a red light. We get to the next house to carol. Her mom was like, let me drive. That's what her mother. Remember that? Your mom was like, I'm driving the rest of the night. I'm like, good idea. Uh, <clears throat> We're going to be here forever if I don't stop. My point is, my point is, every single one of them had a different vehicle. Now, we could go through a lot of examples of how people get here. The ages, the background, the ethnicities, the vehicles, whatever it is. But once they sit in the row, now we're community. You say, Pastor Micah, why does that matter? Because connected seats, they bring strength. The row brings relationships. Andy is going to get to know Nathaniel. Nathaniel's going to get to know Brian. Brian's going to know Rick. Now we know Maddie. And Rick is over here in a solo seat. And Rick may have given his life to Christ, but he's not connected. And if we're not careful, especially in 2021, we could buy into this mentality that you can just do your own thing and you don't need anyone else. But I would submit to you, 
arguably more than ever before, I think we need connected chairs. So we get ready to pray. So many examples come to my mind this week as I was preparing for this message, but one in particular was just Elena Shira and Aaron Shira. So in the last few weeks, we've had, I talked to one guy again last night, but we had numerous people in the hospital, numerous people going through tough times, numerous people dealing with the dilemma and everything going on right now in our nation. But Aaron and Elena, they're part of Good Friday baptisms. They were in here for hours getting these baptisms ready. They also help with baby dedications. I just dedicated 12 or 14 kids or whatever a few weeks ago. And they help with events and they're getting the baptisms ready. And Aaron's going back and forth, helping with towels. And, and then he gets sick. Aaron, I think he's in his 30s, he gets sick. Then they message and say, you know, because they're asking for prayer. Pastor Micah, share it with the staff, share it with the prayer team. It's actually taking a turn for the worse. Then they tell me, we're putting them on a vent. And then the messages begin to pick up steam. And it's a Tuesday night. I'm standing right down here. And I get a message that's just not good. And the first thing I do, I'll walk over to Pastor Clint. We're standing right down here. I put my arm around Pastor Clint. He puts his arm around me. I just show him the text message. We begin, both of us, to weep, to pray in our prayer language. Praying for Aaron. And then they tell us a few days later, I don't understand all of the details sometimes of the medical terms, but they start telling us as bleak and bad as it was, seeing some improvement. And then they tell me, we've taken them off this and adjusted this with oxygen. And, and then the other morning, Lena messages me, Aaron wants to FaceTime with you. So we're FaceTiming and tubing his nose and tubing and she was just watching online, Elena was, but, but we start FaceTiming back and forth and Aaron's trying to tell me, I, I told Angel, I got emotional for me because Aaron's trying to tell me in the conversation like, yes, Mr. Micah, we got more baptisms to do. And I'm feeling tears well up in the moment. But I tell you that story just because I want you to understand what a connected community row looks like is when all of this starts going down, Pastor Desiree is like, hey, there's a family that wants to pay for their rent. And then another family messages and says, I'll pay for the second month of rent. And then people are like, can we help with a gas card? Can we bring meals? I don't even have a number for the amount of people, Steve Inman and Rick Fisher and people. How's Aaron doing? We're praying, speaking faith. We're fasting with him. That's just one guy. You say, Pastor Micah, why do you get so passionate about the church? Grow and kids and students and Sunday gatherings. Because I know the benefits of being part of a connected row, the community right here. Here's one thing I've learned over the years, that if you mess with Brian Johnson, I know we're talking about Aaron Shira, but if you mess with Brian Johnson, and Brian says, pastor my child, pastor my job, pastor my business, 
One thing about the church is this. You mess with one, you've got to mess with the whole row. The whole row is like, I will pray. Here's a gas card. Here's rent. I will fast. Because when one cries, we all cry. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. We are the church. We will bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're the church. Stand with me all over the room if you would. Say, Pastor Micah, the solo seed, I love Jesus and I want to serve God and I'm saved, I understand that. But there's nothing, there's nothing in my opinion outside of salvation, there's nothing that would benefit Rick anymore. What'd you drive today? Chrysler 200. There's nothing that would benefit Rick anymore than to pull in his Chrysler 200 and say, I've been online, I've been live streaming, I've been whatever I'm doing. But today, I want to sit by crazy driver Maddie Shields. Come over here, Rick. I want to be in a row. I want to be in a row. I want to pray together. I want to worship together. I want to be committed together. Because I think, I mean, we know this. We know this, but the Bible says two is better than one. The Bible says it's not good to be alone. It's not good to sit in a solo seat. We're always going to be better together. And so we love you, Shiras, and we love everyone else online who's saying, I need prayer and I'm going through and I'm battling and I'm struggling. Just so you know, we may be apart and only together today via camera, but we're together. And those of you in the room right now, I would love for you to just look, look down your row right now and just the Holy Spirit stir something in your heart to be like, I'm praying for every person in my row right now. Just look down there, I'm praying for every person in my row. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're battling, but I speak faith. I speak life over every person in my room today. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live my life in a solo seat. I don't want to live my life without the Harris family. Billy, I love you. When I'm there and, and Rick was passing and we're in the living room that day and all of the emotions and the months and I feel like I pick up my phone, message from Billy, please pray for me. I wouldn't want to live my life without Billy Davis. I could go row to row, person to person. I wouldn't want to live my life without the local church. I love you, Sandy McFarland. Sandy's taking my Jeep for a drive after church. She used to have a stick shift Jeep. She's like, I wish I could drive your Jeep. I'm like, here, she's taking it today. I took some of the top off and everything. So y'all need to get out of here quick. Sandy, don't just give them 15 minutes, Sandy. Give them 15 minutes. We got to get those police out of here too. Those, you know, let's get everyone out of here and then you peel out of here. I called major insurance was on it. You take out it. That's true. Some of you think I'm joking. No, I'm serious. Get your stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> but before you do, let's pray. Eyes closed all over the room if you would. If there's another Jerry in the room, maybe you're not sitting in the fifth row, but if there's another Jerry in the room, if there's another Jerry online, saying, Pastor Mike, I need to sit in the salvation seat today. The sin 
honestly more than I can even handle. I need to give my life to Jesus like right now. Can I tell you today when you pray the prayer, not tomorrow, next week, he'll hear you right now. He will forgive you right now. Saved in this moment. Life turned around in this moment. Why don't you begin to pray that prayer? Why don't you say things like, Jesus, I recognize and realize that I am a sinner. I give you my life. Please forgive me. I repent. I turn. Just like Jerry, Jesus could save you. He's listening. He hears your prayer again right now. He hears your prayer. For someone else, maybe you're saying, Pastor Mike, I, I want to make sure that I don't get stuck in that second seat, that spirituality seat. I want to keep growing. I want that consecration, sanctification, the stretching. I want to keep, I never want to lose my awe, my wonder. For others, maybe you're challenged to save some seeds. You've gotten away from it. You want to start saving some seeds. Maybe a mom or a dad, a spouse, you're feeling the Holy Spirit speak to you about the committed chair. I hope all of us realize the importance of the connected chair. The connected chair. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you touch every heart. Whether it's someone that's young, we talk about Maddie in 16, up in years. Touch every heart today. Touch someone who's single that the enemy would lie to them. You're alone, you're by yourself. But I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to them and say, no, you're part of a connected row. You're part of a church family that they would be reminded they're not alone. I pray that you would speak, that you would challenge, that you would stir up these chairs and the importance of these seats. As we sing this song today, people come together I pray that it would be an anthem of story side today that we don't want to sit in the solo seat. We don't want to live by ourselves. We want to be connected, connected, connected in community in the church. People come together, strangers, neighbors, but our heart, our love, our desire, we're one. And I pray these prayers today in Jesus' name. Amen. Story side, are you thankful for the church today? Are you thankful for the church? Are you thankful for salvation seats? Would you let Jesus know? Come on, just one more time. Let Jesus know how much you love him. Let's sing together.